Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello, hello, hello. Yes, it's that time again. It's Saturday Draft Live. My name is David Hockney and taking back the hosting chair from the work experience boy who last week seemed to get a little too big for his boots, uh, you know, thinking he's the big shot being the champion and now he's trying to take over our hosting gigs. Well, not today because he's back where he belongs in the work experience chair and he's only going to be fully promoted to hosting duties if he passes the threshold by the end of the season. On that note, Ryan Dalgleish, welcome. (laughs) Thank you very much. Uh, I'm taking notes from last week. I've got my, my pen and paper. Uh, I've been told not to use Tipex with Stephen, so <laughs> I need to be careful, but I've got my, my wee, wee pad ready and I'll listen to what you've got to say. You skived off on holiday recently as well, didn't you? So did you. I did, eh? Well, you I were away, away, away you? Two, two completely different scenarios. I apologise that I booked uh, the holiday six months before and you were going to be a host of Saturday Draft Live. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. This isn't going to look well on your report card at the end of the season. Just bear that in mind. So you're going to have to step up uh, in the last in the latter half of this season here. Sorry, sir. Good. Now, on that note, let's, uh, let's move on to the top three of the week. So coming in at third place this week, six points. Not a, not a lot of big scoring this week, I must say, overall. But six points is Scott's captain, Bianca Belair who, funnily enough, didn't even compete on Raw. You know, there was multiple women's segments throughout the night. We determined a new uh, number one contender for Bianca at Money in the Bank following Rhea Ripley's injury. And we even got a little Ask a Becky main event as well. So it's... And then Bianca's still the one that gets the most points. Ryan, um, what does that say about, you know, Bianca's influence over Raw as as the women's champion? Well, it's it's very clear how important she is to Raw. Um... She's she's definitely got the women's division on her back right now, and she's carrying it very well. Um, obviously, in Monday she announced the fatal five way, which for some reason Carmela won. Um, but other, but other than that, she was there for that segment. She announced that she was ringside for the match. I can't remember which the other appearance was, but she doesn't have to be wrestling all the time. She will be on Raw consistently, mm-hmm. and I have no idea why she wasn't Scott's captain in the first place. Yeah, me neither. But she is sitting third place overall in the top 10 of the season as well with 67 points. Um, still a bit of a gap from the top two, but I think we all know where where those two are at the minute. But I guess it goes to show, you know, Bianca has been a consistently strong draft pick for the last few seasons and will continue to do so for seasons to come. But this week we have a, a joint uh first place for big scorers this week. Now, Ryan, I think it's safe to say we all know who one of them is. It's uh, Jack's captain, uh, Big Tony, and that's all we're going to say on that. Still sitting at the top of the table on 108 points overall. But joining him in the top scorers this week is Bobby Lashley from Gary's team, who successfully won a gauntlet match against Alpha Academy and Theory to get himself a US title match at Money in the Bank. Now, we have seen from the past week that obviously gauntlet matches can be huge when it comes to earning points. I mean, just take a look at the case of Wardlow, who is Stephen's fifth round pick and has now jumped all the way up to fifth place in the top 10 overall. Like, like a a gauntlet match is essentially a a blessing for 
any pick in a draft season because you get so many points from it. Yeah, obviously, you don't get gauntlet matches very often or you get bored of them very quickly. Um, from a draft perspective, a draft perspective, if you've got somebody in your team who's going to be in a gauntlet match and potentially run a few rounds, you are rubbing your hands. Like, you're loving mm-hmm. the idea. Uh, I just like the fact that both AEW and WWE don't book them very often, so you can't really... You can't pick people because, oh, they'll be in a gauntlet match in so many weeks' time because it, it doesn't work that way. So mm. I like that it's it's so sporadically and um, wrestlers like Bobby Lashley are going to be people that are going to be in these matches and uh, win uh, multiple rounds. Mm-hmm. I think what lets Gary down in terms of big scoring points is that his captaincy is still on Austin Theory as well. So he's obviously gambling ah. on a, a successful title <laughs> defence. But... I mean, I don't blame him. I think it's, you know, it's a nice short-term gain for uh, a bigger prize uh, with Bobby Lashley scoring as well as he did. So You have to remember that um, Theory lost the last round with Bobby as well. So that's, that's right, a, yeah. That's a loss, yeah. Loss for your captain. But again, it's it sounds like, you know, we're going to see a successful retention for Theory, or that's what at least Gary's hoping on. Because if that's the case, it'll put, put him in contention for a, a stronger finish in the in the leaderboard which we'll actually go on to now so let's move on to the leaderboard so now sitting in bottom place is adam Kelly. with how much wood can nxt champion braun breaker break if nxt champion braun breaker could break wood on 117 just above him we have ross mcleod 124 and a half points what a man what a man what a man mighty, mighty good big man mighty good mahan although i'm not sure why he still has that team name given that he's essentially drafted both of them out and replaced them with roman reigns so I think it's better. I think we'll call it uh, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good McMahon, mighty good Roman sounds more appropriate. It works for me. It works for me. Yeah. All right. Change, change it. Change it. <laughs> change it. Yeah. All right. Next is me in seventh place, 132 points with the West End Country Club. And I noticed that when I did the transfer, Stevens named my my second pick as Elias. I specifically drafted Ezekiel. So I don't know what the heck's going on there. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to draft Elias because he's only got one appearance point or two. He's only yeah, exactly. He's only appearance yeah, one. Ezekiel. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you could get that fixed, that'd be that'd be smashing. All right, and then just above me is you. There's an 18 point gap, Ryan. So you're on 150 points with the People's Union. Then it's Scott McLeod, 155 points with the Fresh Picks of Bel Air. Then above that we have Gary on 168 and a half points. Another bit of a leap with King Mabel's Court. And then we move into the uh, the really big figures here. You know, talking a, a near 24-point gap between Gary and Chris Anthony Lopez, who's on 194 points with Homeboy and the Heartbreakers. A bit of a drop down from second place, a position he's been maintaining consistently throughout the season. And he's now been overtaken by Stephen Wilson on 195 points with the Bell's Hell Nightmares. But same old story, unfortunately. It's Jack Graham sitting at the top of the table with 224 and a half points, banned at international friendlies. And I swear he's been running rampant uh, yet again by scoring 27 points this week alone, which is insane, you know, especially after the transfer window and he made a few substitutions. Yeah, it's just the same old story every week, I'm afraid. Uh, there's nothing nothing really new to add when it comes to Jack Um Oh, yeah. Carmelo Hayes was an absolute steal for him, given that he had a successful North American title defense against Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, there, there must have been a few. Like as soon as Adam announced that, I don't think there was a single person I agreed that was a good decision. 
<laughs> I think about half of them were probably thinking maybe I could do this. But obviously Jack made the obvious uh trade out, which has worked in his favour. Uh-huh. And now believe it or not, Steven's now the the only one in the in the draft with a, a pick that has negative points, and that's Jurassic Express after losing the titles to the Young Bucks in the ladder match. <laughs> so, I mean, and he's sitting in second place right now. Like, how mad is that? As mad, and we also have to remember the fact that due to, uh, due to the Christian um, attack on Jungle Boy, Jurassic Express may not, may not be together on television as often. It might be separate. Ooh, well, the way they did it this, this week, it was they were separate. The Jungle Boy wasn't even on television, I believe. Wow. So you could be seeing a, a, a solo feud <laughs> between Christian and Jungle Boy now. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, that's going to throw a wrench in Steven's team. But we'll um, we'll talk hypothetically another time on the booking of Jurassic Express. But now, Ryan, we're going to have to go back to your old stomping ground again. And I'm going to hand the control over to you with a pinch of salt, dare I say. So don't get too big for your boots this time. Uh, would you please discuss the listeners' league standing for this week? Uh, yes, I will. But before I get any further, David, I just want to mention, that obviously, my team name is the People's Union. And no week is more important than any other than this week when it comes to unions. So if you have any problems in the listeners' league, give me a message and I might reply. Okay? Anyway, right. <laughs> top five. I'm essentially just going to rattle through five to three and then we'll talk in depth with the top two because that's really over the, sure. the, the title chases because after that who gives a flying fuck right so in fifth place <laughs> we've got Lee McAteer living on chair Balan at Austin and 225 points um, fourth place Stuart Irvin 226 and a half points with Collective of Greatness the sequel second I think that's the first time he's been in top five yeah I believe so yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we've got good old-fashioned Robert fucking Shaw and the Draft Bastards in 236 and a half points. Yeah. And then this is where the, the actual excitement is. Not that there's much in this league, but there's some excitement. We've got JP, hello, is your daughter there, Requiem, Requiem, on 269 points. And then nice. eight, eight points ahead, Dan Actual Jameson, the, the, the Ryan's favourite, the old age in-laws, in 277 points. So JP's team, right? Let me do, I'm going to oh, press the wrong button. We're going to scroll with JP's team. Um, who's got the Usos as his captain? Tony Schiavone, Jade Cargill, Ronda Rousey, Tony Storm and Gunter. Uh, obviously a very strong team there. There's not much to criticise. It's, it's a lesser uh, league team. They're, up, they're draft- all good teams. <laughs> like, uh, drafting drafting Gunter was a wise decision given he's retained against Rico- Ricochet again. Yeah, I believe that was probably a trade-in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was I've a trade. Um, there's a few people that have got Gunter round five. It's a no-brainer. A lot of people switched Ricochet mm-hmm. out for him. Uh, very strong team. Obviously, if Tony Schiavone was the captain to the Usos, this would be a very different season. Um, but, you know, is anyone actually captain Schiavone? Yeah, there's a couple that are captain yep. Schiavone. Dan Axel uh, himself, along with Lee McAteer. Oh, well, of course. There you go, then. Uh, speaking of the man himself, Dan Axel Jameson. He's captain, obviously, is Tony Schiavone. He's also got the Uno, Usos. The Unos. <laughs> the Unos. <laughs> the Unos. Uh, the Usos. He's also got Jade Cargill. Also got Ronda Rousey. The genius has also picked, picked Madcap Moss. You know, got a bit of foresight there. And, uh, of course, the top scoring last week, Wardlow. So, uh, 
the race is looking very uh, tight between these two. I don't know how mm. much Wardlow's going to score after the gauntlet now, but still a great pick for round five. Plenty of uh, points up for grabs here. I think uh, Dan Axel Jameson is the favourite, but it could go either way. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that Wardlow boost in the gauntlet certainly helped out, but it's... Uh... Like you said, you know, how many points is he going to score from there on out is uh, remains to be seen. So it can still be a very tight race going forward. But Ryan, the sort of in-depth discussion we're going to have this week is about AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door pay-per-view, which as time of recording is going to be taking place tomorrow. And I just want to sort of run through a few of the... Now, there's currently 12 matches on the card following Rampage, but we do have a number of team members with uh, picks that will be performing on this show and I just want to get your opinions on who do you think has the, the chance of scoring big at this Forbidden Door pay-per-view so looking at the card we have uh, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship Fatal 4-Way with Jay White Kazuchika Okada Hangman Adam Page which is on Adam's team and Adam Cole Baby who is on my team and is also my team captain where do you see uh, this one going? Um, even though you get the two wrestlers at the four in, I still I think Jay White will retain. Um, although it can go either way, I just there's points, good points potential there for you, but I don't think you are going to be on the winning side. Mm. So I'm afraid. Uh, so I don't think. Yeah, no, but, but remember though, in a fate. Yeah, but remember in a fatal four way, uh, if your pick doesn't get pinned, you don't lose as many points. Oh, is that true? I didn't know that, actually. Yeah. No, oh, apparently that's, so, that's, yeah. That's great to know. Okay, well, fair enough then. You don't lose anything. <laughs> yeah. I may get one point, but I mean, that's the... But then again, you double that, it gets two. But either way, that's yeah. how it's looking. Yeah. I mean, you'll take points, right? Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't know if there's victory points in there for you, but um, the fact you're on the card and appearance good enough, especially if it's Fatal 4-Way then. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, then we have the six-man tag team match with Minoru Suzuki and Les Sex Gods versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino, with the only representation there being Scott's one of Scott's transfer window picks with Eddie Kingston. So, and the winning team receives the advantage for the blood and guts match at the next AW pay per view. So it's a uh, do you think uh, Scott could pick up some points here with Eddie Kingston on his team? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I think he's got a good chance to get scoring points here. Um, I just think uh, the whole storyline with Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho is really good right now. And I can see it going in Eddie Kingston's way. Mm-hmm. See, me and Ross discussed this on Central. I think the most likely outcome we'd like to see is Minoru Suzuki beating up Jericho and Sammy once they lose. I think that's oh. going to pop the crowd. That would be good, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's just a wee preview of uh, the upcoming central we discuss uh, because mm-hmm. I think it's safe to say, you know, I think the AEW fan base is getting a bit annoyed with, you know, the Jericho Appreciation Society, and specifically, you know, I think there's been a lot of, well, hard to say outrage, but you know, just general annoyance of Sammy and Tete all over Twitter, essentially. <laughs> I think just Sammy in general really does my boxing. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I, I hope it stops too. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
up next, we have a three-way winner-takes-all for the Ring of Honor and IWGP Tag Team Championships. So, and the only representation we have here is Ross's tag team, FTR, going up against, who are the Ring of Honor champions, going up against United Empire, Great O'Kan and Jeff Cobb, who are the IWGP Tag Champions, and Rapunji Vice, team of Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Could this, uh, do we see, I mean, FTR has obviously been, had a few brushes with greatness, you know, alongside Tully Blanchard and getting managed by Bret Hart at one point recently as well. Do you think they have the chance to be undisputed Ring of Honor and IWGP tag champions? Yeah, I, th- I think it's definitely in their favour. Um, I don't see uh, much of a different outcome, I'm afraid. Uh, it was Ross's team, you said, wasn't it? Yeah, Ross's team. Yeah, I think this is great for Ross and he'll be loving it. I think this will be brilliant for the, him. Um, I don't see any other come with this match, I'm afraid. Although, uh, there is one slight caveat because we are only operating on WWE and AEW main TV programming. And since yes. FCR are the Ring of Honor champions, I don't believe champion points count because they're a, a Ring of Honor championship. So they'll still get tag team win points. They just won't get champion win points i mean you, you still take it right and remember it's winner takes all so it's one pin one win so it's not like you're successfully defending a title and winning another one it's it's one pin one win yeah i see, I see you right okay i mean it's, yep. it's, still, it's still decent points for a pay-per-view uh, a victory so uh, mm. it's not it's not it's not 100 what you'd want but i mean so you yeah, take every point that comes your way yeah take a, a win's a win i suppose uh, next, you've got some representation now. You've got Thunder Rosa, who I believe is your captain. Correct. And she's defending the AEW women's title against Tony Storm. Now, this could be pretty good for you because you need a little bit of a points booster to get you up that table. Yeah, um, honestly, as long as I'm head of Scott, I don't care anymore. <laughs> so well, this, would, this would certainly <laughs> take you above uh, if your captain gets a title win on pay-per-view. Like, that'll be huge for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I think I had to pick Thunder Rosa because she was the safest bet. I couldn't pick anybody else, so mm-hmm. um, I'm glad it's paying off a little. Yeah, I think I think you did a wise decision given the rest of your team at this stage. I mean, your original captain was Seth Rollins, right? No, it was uh, Sasha Banks and Naomi. Oh gosh, yeah. Well, less said about that, the better. <laughs> uh, next, we have another. We have an eight, and lastly, we have an eight-man tag team match. It's the Young Bucks, who are my tag team. I'm teaming with the Bullet Club, El Fantasmo and Hikuleo versus the versus Darby Allen, Sting and LIJ, Shingo Takagi and Hiromu Takahashi. So I'm really hoping that this gets me a, a Bucks win because it's I, like you said, Ryan, I don't think it's likely Adam Cole's going to win the IWGP title, but a young Bucks win in this tag team match would certainly get them on the board. Especially after winning the AW tag titles, yeah, I think I think it can go either way as well. But um, I'm definitely on the side of the young bucks and um, bullet uh, winning on this one. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I'm, I'm still uncertain. It still could go the other way, but I I, I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would. You certainly would be mad if it did go the other way. Uh, yeah. So good points for you. Mm-hmm. Although Adams hit a bit of a snag, unfortunately. Just one last thing to mention is uh, Adams' tag team is Blackpool Combat Club, specifically Moxley and Danielson. Yes. Now, it looks like Danielson's been written out with injury, so he won't be competing at 
Forbidden Door or possibly even Blood and Guts. So, and Moxley is competing in Solo's action to become AEW interim world champion. So, I don't know, is that, now that the transfer window's come and gone, do you think Adam's really hit a bit of a snag here? Yeah, I think that'll help some in him in last place, I'm afraid. Um, he was kind of uh, going back and forth to Ross, but where Ripley been out as well, I think that's him. Mm. Concrete ninth place, I'm afraid. <laughs> and do you know what's even sadder? Like, Akira Tozawa won the 24-7 championship a couple of times on main event, but yes. main event doesn't count as part of the, the scoring. <laughs> so his trading out of Carmelo Hayes definitely was the biggest shot in the foot for this season thus far. I'll just, I'll just ask you a question though, while we're talking about it. Do you think that is the worst transfer in Saturday Draft Live history? Ooh. Is it too early? Is it too mm, early? No, I think you're actually... Because there was one time I think somebody transfer made a transfer and gave all their points as a, as a result. Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, so that's, a, this, that's a different scenario. This goes down as the second worst transfer, I think. Okay, okay. I forgot about that one. That, I, I was in that season as well. I yeah, was, less, I was, yeah, I was less uh, that. Needless <laughs> to say, it was a bit of a bit of full-on shithousery there. But nonetheless, uh, Forbidden Door is tomorrow night. Uh, Scott is running a sweep and you'll be defending the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet Championship. Like, yeah, moon then. <laughs> uh, well, that's all that's to be said there. They uh, Just bring it on. But yeah, that's going to do it for this week of Saturday Draft Live. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening this week. If you haven't listened to the show before, firstly, where have you been? But if you want to catch this and more uh, content we have on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, be sure to follow us on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, and all good Android podcasting sites, along with our socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Suplex Retweet. Get involved with the discussion. And yeah, just let us know what you think. Who do you think is going to come out on top at the Forbidden Door? And who do you think is going to win the season? And do you think uh, the Akira Tozawa Carmelo Hayes transfer is arguably one of the worst transfer window decisions ever made? But uh, first, lastly, I want to thank you, Ryan, for continuing being your work experience role that you are. Thank you very much for guiding me on this journey. And uh, to all our listeners, I hope you enjoy watching Forbidden Door and we will see you next time. See you later. Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGrobby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat East Meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check that out on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now. <laughs> <laughs>